Welcome to Journey South Bay. Thank you for inviting us in to listen to God's Word. Take a moment to get comfortable, sit back, and relax as we listen to today's message. Hi, everybody. Good morning. My name is Amy Jennings. If you are able to, please join me in standing for the reading of God's Word. Matthew 5, 14 through 16. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand. And it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Amen. May God bless the reading of his word. You may be seated. That was amazing worship. I already think that there are some people that do a great job in performing, and there's other people that bring you closer to God during worship. And Eli, ladies, that was really phenomenal. Thank you. Um, I'm going to go ahead and ask us if we should open a prayer one more time. Father, I thank you for this moment. I count it a privilege, Father, that you would choose me to speak through. And Father, I pray that you would hide me, that people would see you here today. That, Father, your, hearts, um, your heart would be touching their heart. That, Father, our eyes would be open to see you, our hearts would be open to receive you. Touch our minds to understand a deeper depth of who you are. And Father, I pray that there is something that changes in us just a little bit so we shine brighter for you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Uh, just um, yesterday, I had lunch with um, two of my friends, uh, Ted and Susan. And Ted and Susan are my voiceover friends. So I used to do some voiceover some, some time ago. Um, my voice may or may, not, may or may not sound familiar to you, but they... Um, it was great having lunch with them and talking. They, they are both different sides uh, of each other politically. One is very left, and the other one's very right. And, and I just kind of sit down and just listen to the two of them, and they love each other, but you can see in this world that we live today, we're very divisive. Is that not true? And, and, and you look at such division. I mean, one side says, I can't believe how the other one thinks. They must be idiots. And the other one over here goes, gosh, their IQ must be, you know, you know so low, right? And you see this division. I'm seeing some, some heads nod, so I know you, know you know what I'm talking about. And it is this gigantic division and, um, and that we feel this tension in everywhere we go. Now, I have some really strong beliefs um, and, you know, there's a, there's a side that I lean more towards than the other, but there's things that I, I, you know, I'm in both camps about, but nothing gets decided in division. Anybody that's been married knows that, that you have to come together, and it's actually in the center that things get built. The country was built this way. We had, you know, our forefathers came together. And they said, okay, we got to put, put aside our differences and come together. And the other thing is we also have Christ. You know, you, you might disagree with me, but Christ is not way, out, way on one side or way on the other side. Christ is about love and how we love each other. Division. 
Why do we have so much division? Is because division makes money. Division. Fear. If I can pour fear, and if this side can, um, if I can just give them a donation and a vote, and they'll protect me from the evil of the other side, sure. Division brings in money. Well, that's where we are in today's society. If you can have fame or money, that is the goal. You see all this happening everywhere, right? That is the goal. If we can just have enough money, money can move what I need to happen. But it, but it wasn't always that case. In Christ's time, the greatest pursuit wasn't money, and it wasn't fame. It was to know God. If I could know God, if I could understand God's mind, then I could live a better life. Then I know that God would, be, would, would bless me. If I could know the mind of God, my life would be better. And so we had um, students, you know, kids would memorize the whole Torah, the first five books of the Bible. And they would ask, what is this verse? And they would tell you the verse before and the verse after. And they would have it all memorized. And, and it was amazing. Those that memorized it phenomenally, well, then a rabbi would come. This was the greatest thing. If the rabbi came and said, follow me, they would drop everything and follow that rabbi. That was the greatest thing, is to become a rabbi. Now, maybe today, maybe if, you know, if Elon Musk walked in here and said, hey, I want you guys to work for me. Maybe that would be like, whoa, you know, or maybe there's somebody else that, that you would go, wow, I would love to work for that person. But at that time, it was a rabbi. If a rabbi chose you, there couldn't be a greater calling because you're going to learn the mind of God. So there was even a, a, a saying at that time that may you be covered in the dust of your rabbi. And that meant that you walked and you followed your rabbi. Where, wherever he went, you went. And if he went, um, you know, down, everything was dirt path by the, you know, back then, and he had sandals and of course, but he would, wherever he walked, he would kick up dust, right? But you're walking so close behind him that you get covered in his dust, and it's, and it's actually a compliment. May, wherever you go, may you be covered in the dust of your rabbi. And so there were some rabbis that had a huge list of roles, and they were the toughest ones. You know, it's kind of like if you wanted to be a ball player today and you made it into the NFL. Well, the practices don't get easier, they get harder, right? So you get this rabbi that, well, Rabbi Jim, he has all of these roles, you know? And Rabbi John has a little bit less. But if you got picked by the biggest rabbi, you knew that you had to do all these roles, have your hair so much, pray so many times, you know, you know, you had to bring so much money in. You had to do all these rules. And then there became a new rabbi. And he came up and he said, oh, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. And he went to people who weren't chosen. Because if you didn't memorize, you know, the five books of the Bible really well, and if you weren't picked by one of the top rabbis, they just would simply go up to you and go, go back to your family's business. Go become a fisherman or go become a carpenter, or, or go be a farmer in the fields. Your work is not with God. And so we hear, and if you've read um, some of the New Testament, you hear about these, 
Jesus went by these sons of Zebedee, and they were out working the nets, fishing, and they dropped everything when Jesus said, come, follow me, and they did. And his parents were, his dad was so excited, he ran home and said, told his wife, our kids were chosen by the new rabbi, this amazing rabbi. And this rabbi was in the midst of this huge division that was going on. We know about it. I mean, you, we think we have political division today. It was tons of political division back then. And Christ said, I know you have Moses' law, but I have a new law for you. Love one another. That's how I want you to know that you're my disciple, is how you love one another. He didn't have this humongous list. He didn't say um, it's based upon how much you worship or how much you give or how much you serve. No, how you love one another. Now, my mom had five kids, and I heard that, Andy, you have five kids too. And um, I'm the youngest of, of five. My, we're all Ds, Dana, Dory, Debbie, Denise, and I'm Dean. Yes, can you imagine when my dad was mad? It was, you know, it was, just get over here, whatever your name is. You know? <laughs> and, and I have, my sisters are much older than I am, and so I, I came as a big surprise, and I was also born on Christmas Day. So not only did my, my mom had four girls in a row, and then there was this span of time, and then all of a sudden, this surprise comes, and I get born on Christmas. My sister, Dana, who is seven and a half years older than I, I am, she was really disappointed. She, she really wanted a pony, and she got a little brother instead. And, um, and so, the, the, but my mom, the greatest joy that she had was to see when her kids were all together and when they would play together. My mom was so just, well, I just had a beautiful mom. She just was, loved the Lord. I also had an alcoholic dad, and they were divorced when I was three years old, and, and I felt like I kind of, you know, had to work out, love my dad, but not love how he acted. And my mom was, you know, loved the Lord, and she just continued to kept, kept her faith. But whenever all of us five kids were together, and no matter what we did, if we ate together, laughed together, played together, when my mom saw us love each other, it filled her up with the greatest joys. And I can see a whole bunch of moms shaking their heads right now because you know exactly what that feels like, right? When your kids love, love each other. So just like God, here, here's Jesus comes and he says, how is the world going to know that you're my disciples? It was revolutionary. All the other rabbis had all these rules. That's how you know that you're their disciple. You got to see all these people who were, had certain rules that they followed. You knew that they were Rabbi Johns or Rabbi Jims or Bobs or whoever the rabbi was. But Jesus' rabbi kids or Jesus' followers were totally different. He said, I want you to love one another. Well, if you look at the New Testament, the New Testament actually has a, a hundred different one another's. And if you broke them all down, they come down to uh, this acronym, F-A-C-E-S. The F stands for forgive. You know, how are you going to love one another? You learn to forgive one another. 
Division causes separation. When we forgive one another, it draws us together. We care for each other's burdens, it draws us together. Forgiving one another draws us together. The A stands for accept. And accept doesn't mean like, ah, there's Tammy. I guess we got to accept her. No, no. It means to bring Tammy into your household. It means that she becomes part of your family. You know, at church we say that sometimes there are some EGRs. And EGRs means extra grace required people. And if you don't know... If you don't know if there's one around you, then it's probably, it might be you. So they're extra grace required people, and that's okay. But they're not just accepted, but they are brought into the family. We all have EGR moments, and accepting, we need to forgive, accept. The C stands for care. Care for each other. And actually, in the verse will be bear each other's burdens. When somebody's going through something, it isn't that you just pray for them, but it's be that you step into what they're going through and you walk through it. Um, two years ago, you know, we, the pandemic hit. And part of my job was to get people out to give out food. And our church gave out a ton, a ton of food at the time. And some people, I think, were even served in some food pantries with me, uh, which was beautiful. Thank you. Um, and one time, there, I walked up to a car, and there was a um, beautiful young lady. And I said, um, hi, I'm Pastor Dean. I'd like to pray for you. And just this blankness came over this lady. And she goes, I need prayer. And I said, what's happening? She goes, um, my husband was here on a work visa, and because of the pandemic and the, the business closing down, he was um, deported to Canada. And I have a two-year-old in the back seat. His hap- name just happens to be Baby Dean. And, and I was just diagnosed with stage four breast cancer. We lost our income because my husband deported. I can't work now because my cancer is so advanced. And I'm, I don't have anything. And I said, what's your name? She said her name was Lon. And I said, Lon, um, we're not just going to give you food. We're going to give you a family. And we came alongside of Lon. Lon just passed away last month. And she fought cancer for two years. Um, she didn't just get food that day. She came to know Christ. And I said, Lon, we're going to... Um, connect you to a, f- a couple of females, and there was a lady named Tammy that started calling Lon, and she would bring baby Dean strawberries. The kid just loved strawberries, and she would continue to reach out to Lon on, a, on almost a daily basis. Lon would go into the hospital, and who'd stay all night in the hospital with her? Tammy. And she became closer than a sister to her. That is care for one another. That was being the light of Christ. Lon never got mad at Jesus, never got mad at God. She accepted Jesus and was feeling like, you know, I know that he's going to heal me. If it's not here, he'll heal me in heaven. And she taught her son about Jesus. And when 
finally her husband was able to come back into the country, he got to know Christ too. And now her atheist brother wants to know about Jesus. Forgive one another, accept one another, care for one another. The E is encourage one another. The verses encourage each other before, while the day is still light. If you see a friend of yours going down the wrong path, the job is to go after and go, hey, come back. Come back, encourage them in their faith. Call them. What can I do? What can I pray for? Forgive, accept, care, encourage, and the S is submit. That's a tough one for us, especially in the United States. We see somebody going for our parking spot. We, that's our parking spot, you know. We don't like to submit to somebody else. But it is the biblical way. And we look at Christ, our follower, I mean, the, our leader who we follow. Christ forgave us. Christ accepts us. While we were still sinners, he accepts us. Even if we are EGRs, he accepts us. Cares for us. Encourages us. Submit to us to the point that to the cross he died for us. We are to do the same. That is our job. Our job is to become Christ-like. That's what makes us Christians. That's what makes us different. When we are picking sides and we're divided and we just throw insults back and forth, that is not being Christ-like. That is not helping any to resolve any problems. But when we bear each other's burdens, when we come alongside each other, when we accept, even though that person might be different than us, but when we care and show that love, that changes. To the point that the whole entire church started like that in the midst of this chaotic time in the Bible. You remember what Galatians says. It says that um, it doesn't matter if you're Jew or Gentile. If you are slave or free, if you are man or woman, you are one in Christ. That blew their mind away. They said, wait a second, no, no, no. We're the Jews and those are the sinners, the Gentiles. And Christ was saying, no, 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 you're one. Well, well, wait a second. They're slaves because we have a caste system and born a slave, you're going to stay a slave. And then there's people that are free, like me, you know, and we, I don't want to, I don't want to be like them. And they said, no, 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 you're one under Christ. Well, man and woman, you know, luckily we have a lot of changes since then, but that was revolutionary at the time. We are one in Christ. Let God see his children play together, love each other. Sometimes, um, not everybody's old enough to remember 9-11 here. A lot of us are, but some of us are, are now. It's, some, how, many, how many people were born after 2001 in the audience? Okay, a lot of people. So, but you guys know what happened? 9-11 happened, and people come up to me and go, Is there, if there is such a good God, why would he allow 9-11 to happen? And I said, look what, ha- look what did happen. 
people didn't remember their divisions anymore. They reached out and they cared for each other. And I always think of this one picture I saw of this one man reaching for this other woman and pulling her out of the rubble. When we bear each other's burdens, the divisions go away. 9-11 showed that we should care for each other. And I don't believe that God wanted that to happen, but he allowed it so that we then care and reached out for each other. I so desire that we would be covered with the dust of our rabbi. Our rabbi says to love one another. Our rabbi showed the example to forgive, accept, care, encourage, submit. Our rabbi is Jesus. And he loves all of us. And this division hurts him. What he wants is for us to find ways to care and bring each other closer. Bear each other's burdens. It doesn't mean that you have to give up your convictions. You, that's totally fine. You can be, have a very strong conviction on one side or the other. But just know that just because you have the freedom to have your conviction does it mean that it also means the freedom to hurt somebody else, but to actually reach out? You can share. I have a friend that is um, a very strong Jewish man, and we sit down and we talk about our differences, and we can do it in a very loving way. And somewhere in the middle, we can come together, just like those. Anybody here been married over 40 years? Oh, You have learned to come together and bridge the gap. The, um, when I was, let me, let me kind of bring this home a little bit. When I was uh, first in ministry some years ago, a lot of years ago, I was a camp counselor at Hume Lake, just like you just heard the kids are going to Hume Lake. And it was a great camp. It was amazing. I had a group of nine boys in my cabin, and, um, and I was the camp counselor and I, you know, at that age, you know, when you're early 20s, you just think you know everything, right? And, you have, and so I took the kids up to this, you know, I wanted to go hiking, and everybody said, hey, just make sure you don't get lost. I said, yeah, right, I got it. And so I took all the kids up, you know, we were hiking, and we went, um, you know, through the forest, and, you know, I have nine boys, right? So you know what they're doing. They're jumping in trees, and they're jumping on puddles, and, you know, we're just having a blast. We're playing tag, and, and before you know it, it's um, starting to get a little bit darker. And I'm thinking, okay, it's probably time for us to get back. You know, I was kept waiting for the dinner bell to ring, and, um, and some kids said, hey, there's a, there's a little stream over there. Let's go find that. I thought, oh, that's a great idea. So we went and we went, we went and found the stream, and it's getting just a little bit, you know, more darker. And, and, but we're, now we're in the stream, and we're throwing rocks and jumping in the stream where, you know, one kid fell in, and we thought that was hilarious. And, you know, so then we're all splashing, and, you know, we come out of it, and, and, um, and I'm guessing that the dinner bell has rung by now, but it's so far away that, you know, but I know, I'm, I'm the camp leader, I know how to get back. 
right? And so I'm all, okay, uh, guys, we got to go, we got to go, you know, and so they're all disappointed with leave, but I'm taking them down this path, and we're going down a certain way, and, um, and this is not going anywhere, and so I went like, okay, it has to be this way, and so we're, all the kids are coming with me down this way, and it's getting darker and darker, and now I'm getting a little bit worried because I know I'm lost, and it's getting a little of that hazy mist, and you can see the sun coming down, and I'm starting to worry. The kids aren't worried yet, but they, you know, I'm trying to make a game out of it, but inside of my mind, I'm thinking, okay, I have parents, I have, you know, the camp dean, and everybody else is going to be mad at me, you know, how am I going to get these kids back, and, and, um, and I started hearing some sounds that I didn't hear before, and now I'm thinking, oh, is there animals out here? You know, and, and I'm, you know, I'm taking these kids, and it's starting to get darker, and now it's dark. And um, the kids are now gotten a clue that I don't know where I'm at, and they're worried. And so one, the kid that actually fell in the water is now crying because he's cold, obviously. And um, they're getting worried, and they're thinking um, just the worst. And one kid, and I'm all, does anybody have a flashlight? And so nobody had a flashlight. One kid had a little pin light, and I don't, I don't have a pin like that, but, I, but it was like this. It was like a little, little teeny tiny itty-bitty light. And this light, um, we use that little light, and we shine it on the ground, and all of us, you know, 10 of us, are trying to follow this little teeny tiny light that barely did anything. And it was just a little keychain pin light. You've seen those little, I don't even know how we got it. But he was, um, he was follow, we were following this light, and we were just, I'm getting more nervous and more nervous and more nervous. And um, I'm just praying, God, please, please, please. And um, please help. And I keep taking the kids down another path that I'm sure this is the way and sure it isn't. And I'm lost. Out of nowhere, we hear somebody trucking through and we see this big light. And this hiker comes right in front of us. I mean, I don't even know where the guy came from. And he's looked at us, and he goes, you guys lost? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, we are. And I go, what are you trying? well, we're trying to get to camp at Hume Lake. It's, it's dinner time. And he goes, oh, I know where that's at. Wow, you guys are really out of, out of the way. But we've then followed him with his big flashlight, and he was a hiker, and he took us right to where the edge of camp was. And we got back an hour late, but we were safe, and we got bed and everything else. That guy was an angel to me. I don't even know where he came from. I mean, God provided him, and he guided us to where safety was. And it made me think of um, our verse today. Do we, can we, is that possible to put that back up, the, what we read? And it talks about light. You think about light, now, if this room is dark, and, I, and I, even this little teeny tiny light, if I turn this on, a couple things about light. One, it's attractive. All of our eyes go to this light. The other thing is if this was a candle, even a small candle gives warmth, doesn't it? Even a little candle gives warmth. Um, it's attractive. It gives warmth. It takes away fear. You're, if you're scared of the dark, you turn on the light, right? It takes away fear. In fact, darkness 
flees from light. Light is the solution for a cold, dark, scared world. We have a lot of this world. I'm going to go into Poland later this month. Cold, dark, scared people are there. Fear. The world is telling you to fear because they want you to be cold. They want you to be in the dark. They want you to be fearful. They want you to be lost. Christ says, the light that's in me, you know, in um, John 8, 12, it says, I am the light of the world. If you believe in him, he'll give you that light. And then that light lives in you. And then in Matthew, was it back up? In Matthew 5, it says, you are the light of the world. It says, don't hide your light. Share it so that all can see. You are the solution. That light of Christ lives in you. That light of Christ lives in you. It lives in you, and you bring one, it's attractive. It two, it takes away fear. It gives warmth. It's the perfect solution for a cold, dark world. You are that light. So why don't you point to somebody next to you and go, hey, you are the light. Go ahead. Make sure you get somebody. Now, the other person on the other side, you are the light. And you're the light. And you're the light. And you're the light. And you're the light. Now stand with me. In just a moment, we're going to have communion. But... I want you to say, repeat after, just, just state it, and then say, I am the light. One, two, three. Yes, you are. Again. Yes, you are. And something with some conviction, let me hear it. I am the light. Yes, yes, you are. Let's pray. Father, this is your light. These are your children. You are a rabbi. We want to be covered in your dust. Lord, you started your church with less people that are in than, than even in this room right here. Through this light, Father, this is a beacon upon the hill. People are lost, cold, and scared in this world. There is division. Lord, the light is here. Lord, let us shine because you have put your light in us. Now, Lord, bless everyone who is standing right now. Let them feel your presence. Let them feel you shine inside of them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you enjoyed this message, we invite you to subscribe to the RSS podcast feed. This will let you know when a new message has been posted. You can also look for us on YouTube, Facebook, or Instagram at Journey South Bay. Until next time, God bless.